Independent retail business can mean so many things these days. A brick and mortar store, an e-commerce business, a maker's online shop, a booth at an antique mall, and more. No matter which category you're in, Kathy Cruz, a fellow retail business owner and retail educator, will teach you how to market and manage your business efficiently so you can spend time doing other things you love. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Podcast. Welcome to episode 21 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast, Growing and Managing an Email Newsletter. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. First, I want to start by saying thank you to Emily of Modesty in Mind, and of course, I'll link her Etsy shop in the show notes. But she inspired this episode. She probably doesn't realize I know this, but she recently started her own email list, and I'm sure she has all the questions, which is probably why she asked for this episode. So my intention for this episode is to inspire you and Emily to grow and manage that email list successfully because your customers want to hear from you. And before I get started, I want to start off with a shopkeeper shout out and review. And this time it's Christine of Josephine and Mim. We'll link her Facebook page in the show notes as well. I love how her shop, inspired by textiles and antiques, is named after two of her granddaughters. It's so sweet. But Christine titled her five-star review, Boss Up. How appropriate, right? She said, I was so excited to hear Kathy was starting a podcast. She gets right down to business. She's professional, knowledgeable, and her willingness to give value to modern shopkeepers is truly a blessing. I always come away with something new for my business that keeps me striving for bigger goals. I love how Christine used the words modern shopkeepers because retail has changed so much over the past decade. So the choice of the word modern really resonates with me, and I'm guessing it probably resonates with most of you too. So Christine, I really appreciate your kind words in your review. Let's get started on episode 21. I have this episode divided into four sections. Why should we use email marketing? How to grow our email lists? What should we write in emails? That's probably the biggest one. And have a written plan. So let's jump into the first section. Why should modern shopkeepers use email marketing? See what I did there? I'm already using modern shopkeepers. Some of you might be wondering, why do I need to add one more task to my list? So I just wanna start out by pointing some interesting information about email marketing and why it makes sense for retail business owners to use email marketing. The first one is, Emails are seen more than social media. So if social media frustrates you because you know only four to 6% of your followers see your posts, then you should know that more of your customers will actually see your emails over a social media post. Second, it's free or really affordable to start. So there are lots of email marketing platforms that offer free plans. And if you're just starting out, it's even if you're paying for a plan, it's not going to be a big expense. So you don't have to worry about that. It usually isn't until you hit thousands of subscribers or send millions of emails that the cost associated with email marketing starts to increase. Although I will say that some email apps like on Shopify can get pretty pricey. But if you're starting from scratch and you're just picking a basic email marketing platform to send one or two emails a month, it really is affordable. So I personally use Flowdesk, and that's F-L-O-D-E-S-K. I use it for Savvy Shopkeeper emails, and I think I'll be switching from MailChimp to Flowdesk for my store email soon. 
I recently started recommending Flowdesk to new email marketers, particularly independent retailers, because it's actually a really easy platform to use. And one of the frustrations of shopkeepers who start using email marketing is how challenging it can be to build an email campaign in some of these platforms. I've heard, I can't tell you how many people, and I hate to throw MailChimp under the bus, but I've heard many, many people complain about trying to design an email in MailChimp. Let me add that if you are an e-commerce focused business, or you have a robust email marketing strategy, Flowdesk might not be a good fit for you yet. Their business is growing and they're adding features all the time, but it's still new. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. So I'll add my Flowdesk referral link in the show notes. And right now, if you use the referral link, Flowdesk is offering, I guess what you can say is like an introductory offer. It's $19 a month, but it's for unlimited subscribers and unlimited emails. And although this isn't quite a free offer, it's something that you can grow into without ever worrying about getting too many subscribers or having to pay for more subscribers or having to pay to send out more emails. And that's actually a pretty big deal in the in the email marketing platform world. Plus, Flowdesk is really easy to use and the designs are modern and pretty. So if you're looking for aesthetics or you're really focused on your brand, again, Flowdesk might be good for you. But it's not just Flowdesk. There are so many other options. If you're wondering about other email service providers, there's MailChimp, Constant Contact, Snap Retail, Active Campaign, MailerLite. If you're in Shopify and you need an app, there's Marcelo or Clavio. And if I say that wrong, goodness, who knows? But you get the picture. Just do the research. Some email apps on Shopify are really robust, and some of them also offer like texting services. I think they're called SMS services, loyalty programs, email funnels. I just want to mention that because some of those options in Shopify can get um, pretty advanced. So all of that to say, I know there are lots of options but it's important that you do research on platforms and you find the platform that is ideal for you and your business. I wish I could just give you the one size fits all answer, but it just isn't out there. Okay, enough of that. The next is the monetary benefit. So research online indicates that there is a 38 to $44 return on investment with email marketing. And you might be wondering how this is calculated or determined. Well, I will say it's much easier for businesses with websites and e-commerce stores to track this because they can track who's clicking a link in the email and who's then adding items to their card and then who's purchasing. You know, it's the technology. It's the power of technology. It's a little harder for brick and mortar store owners to track the return on investment with emails unless you're using coupons or specific discount codes. But let's say as a brick and mortar store owner, let's say I go with Flowdesk and I pay $19 a month. For email marketing, that's $228 for a year. And let's say I use the average $38 return on investment per dollar spent on email marketing. That means I should expect $8,664 in sales as a result of emails we send out. Now, personally, I can't say for sure that we, my sister and I in our store, generate that in sales. But I will say lots of our customers do mention our emails when they shop. 
or when they sign up for workshops. So I should add that I personally could make much more of an effort with email marketing and tracking. And if this is done right, a brick and mortar store owner could track results better. So I just thought I'd kind of throw that out there to so that you have something to work with, an actual amount or what you could expect in terms of sales if you start implementing uh, email marketing. Most importantly, if someone wants to take the time for your email to sign up for your email newsletter, that means they want to hear from you. You aren't forcing people onto your email list, or at least I hope you're not. (laughs) And you're not adding email addresses without permission. This is actually a big no-no. So if someone actually types in their information on your website to sign up for the newsletter or writes their information out on a piece of paper in your store so that they can be added to your email list, why would you want to miss out on the opportunity to reach out to them? Like that's the biggest thing for me is someone takes the time to write that information down on our list. We have a a paper list right at our cash register. It's so old school, but it works. And if they're actually taking the time to give me and that they're willing to give me their email address, I feel compelled to reach out to them. They're, you know, not everyone is willing to give up an email address. Okay, so the next section for this episode is how to grow your list. And I wrote a blog post on how to grow your email list. I'll link it in the show notes so I won't spend too much time on this. But shopkeepers tend to overthink this process. And just like I said a couple minutes ago, good old pen and paper still works. This is really ideal for brick and mortar store owners. But if even if you're a maker and you participate in pop-ups or market events, This is the most ideal time to capture email information. So a good way to do this, like if you're at an event or even if you're hosting an event in your store or you're at a market event or you're participating in a pop-up shop, you can pair it up with a giveaway. So if they sign up for your email newsletter, they get entered into the drawing for the giveaway. So get creative and, and be prepared for that. And if you have a website, please have a way for people to subscribe on your homepage I can't tell you how many times I've actually wanted to sign up for a newsletter and there was nothing on the website, no way for me to sign up for a newsletter on the website. And if you aren't a fan of the pop-up box, I get it, but know that they're effective whether you like them or not. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the pop-up box is that box that appears when you're visiting a website. You might be like getting ready to leave the website and that box pops up. You might find it annoying, you might not, but it's actually effective. So you can either place the newsletter sign up at the bottom of the page or at the top of your homepage, or you can add a pop-up. Just make sure that there's a way to sign up. You want to entice the customer to sign up. So asking them to sign up for your newsletter most likely won't be enough. You wanna give them an offer. So maybe 20% off their first purchase. Or if you're, if you're a creative and you teach your readers and subscribers how to do something, maybe offer them a free tutorial in return for the sign up. Just simply saying, sign up for my newsletter might not be as effective as these other, these other suggestions. Okay, so the next section is what content to write. And this stumps shopkeepers often. So there's two type of emails. I'm going to kind of quickly break this down. There are broadcast emails, and this is the information you share with your customers. So maybe a new promotion, hosting a new event, listing a new workshop, launching a big clearance sale. Um, You want to share that you wrote a new blog post. You want to tell your customers a good story um, that you think that they would appreciate. And if your retail business is a bit more creative or service-based, then maybe you're sharing tutorials or helpful tips in your emails. But those are all broadcast emails. 
The next type is triggered emails, and these are a bit more involved and savvy in terms of technology, but don't let them scare you. The most common form of a triggered email is a welcome or nurture sequence. And this is when someone signs up and then they automatically get an email and maybe one email a few days later and another email a few days after that. So personally, for our store, we have a three-part welcome sequence. The first one, the email kind of introduces us and says, thank you for signing up. The second email is more about our store and what we offer and a little bit of history. And then the third email they get, and I think these are spaced out every seven days so that we're not flooding people's inboxes. And then the third one is an offer. I think it's a, it's a coupon for $5 off their first purchase. I'm proud to say Doris is the sponsor of this season of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. If you aren't familiar with Doris, they are a premier distributor in the arts and crafts industry, but they are so much more than arts and crafts. They have on-trend home decor items, bridal, garden, gifts, and some great items for creating beautiful store and booth displays. Not only that, Doris has a fantastic blog that includes categories for both makers and brick and mortar businesses. As an independent retail store owner myself, it's really nice to know that we can place a minimum order for only $75. You don't hear that very often. Doris has an exclusive offer for Savvy Shopkeeper listeners. Use promo code SHOP20, that's S-H-O-P-20, at checkout for 20% off your order. Offer valid through December 31st, 2020. Visit Doris.com, that's D as in David, A-R-I-C-E.com, Doris.com, to check out everything they have to offer. Other examples of triggered emails are abandoned cart emails. So if someone enters or comes into your online shop, they put something in their cart, and you know they're almost there to buy, but then they decide not to buy, and then they leave your website. Well, if they included their email address before actually hitting purchase, what happens is the, e- the e-commerce system, whatever system you use, you can set it up so it automatically sends them an email and says, hey, you forgot this in your cart, don't forget about it. And it's a really good way to recover those sales. But that's an example of a triggered email and then a lead magnet email. And that was kind of what I was talking about if you offer a tutorial or tips on the Savvy Shopkeeper website, I offer three pages, 75 ideas for social media prompts for shopkeepers because what happens is we get stuck on content. So if you print this list out and you get stuck one day, you just kind of quickly scan the list and you're like, oh, that's a good idea. I can post about that. Um, But that's an example of a lead magnet. Um, Receipt emails or triggered emails, lots of examples, but I just thought I'd kind of quickly cover those. So one more tip, the catchier the subject line, the better open rates you'll get. I could probably do a whole episode on catchy subject lines, but I don't have time for that right now. Um, But the last tidbit is about open rates. So they say the average open rate for emails is 10%. And this actually seems a little bit low to me, but the open rates for the emails I send out for our store are usually around 25 to 30%, and I feel like that's pretty good. So if we go back to the point that I made about social media posts and 4 to 6% see those posts, but now I'm sending an email and 25 to 30% of those customers are opening it, it's a much better chance that they'll see what we're offering and what we're doing in our store through emails. And I just want to mention this in case you're wondering how many people will actually read your emails if you put the effort into this. 
And the last thing that I want to point out or the last section of this episode is have a plan. If the thought of sending one email per week overwhelms you, then don't do this. Maybe bi-weekly feels more manageable or even one per month. Just be consistent and you can always grow from there. You could create a new calendar for email marketing, but I feel like what makes sense is just to combine it with your marketing and promotional calendar because that really kind of lays out the year for you. It's holidays, it's in-store events or market events that you're attending. Once you have all of that laid out, it's actually easy just to kind of reference that marketing or promotional calendar so that you know what to write the week in advance or two weeks ahead. It really helps keep you from getting stuck on what to write about. So I recommend that you combine this with your marketing and promotional calendar. Trust me, do this. It makes the what do I write about part so much easier. To summarize, really, I mean, simply put, it's an email list and newsletter for independent retailers is worth it. If you want to get started, don't overcomplicate it. Just start by sending out one newsletter per month and then increase the frequency from there. I can't recommend having a calendar and plan of action enough. I think I just conveyed that a minute ago, but trust me, it really helps. And if you're not sure which email service provider to use, just do a little bit of research. Um, You can do it based on the, the email service providers I mentioned earlier. You can ask in the Savvy Shopkeepers group. You can sign up for a free plan if you narrow it down to two or three companies and just kind of go in and start practicing. Heck, you can even watch some YouTube tutorials, and those are always helpful too. But don't let the technology and all of the advanced email strategies keep you from moving forward. It doesn't have to be complicated when you start. As I was outlining this episode and as I realized how long this episode is, I realized how much I could actually cover about this topic. So I'm curious, what other questions do you have? Um, What else do you want to know about email marketing? Um, It always helps for me to know what your questions are, and you never know, it could spark an idea for a future episode. You can send me a message or DM me on Instagram, and my username is at Savvy Shopkeeper. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 21. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 21. And if you would like to leave a rating and review and get a, a shopkeeper shout out, you can do that on Apple Podcast app or click on the link in the show notes to do that. I so, so appreciate the reviews. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.